Alrighty, what's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Why Are We Here? I'm your host, and today we have the man, the myth, the Florida legend, Easton Corbin, on the pod. What's up, dude? How's it going? I'm doing great, man. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm good, doing good, well. Man. We were just talking before we hopped on. I'm just a, a fan. I, I love what yeah, you do, man. Thank it's, you. it's so thank fun you. to go from watching somebody and listening to somebody and they get into chat with them because that's like yeah. the dream, you know? Oh, it's, it's awesome. Dude, it's good to be here. I, uh, we met super, super briefly. This is my first Easton Corbin story, and you won't remember this, so feel absolutely no pressure to, to like actually try to remember this. We were on a flight, and we, you sat like a row up from me or something like that. We talked really briefly, and I remember at the time I like got off the um, flight, and I called my mom. She was coming to pick me up for something, and I was like, I just met Easton Corbin. He was so nice. <laughs> so you were nice then, and you're nice now, and I'm just pumped Actually, I remember you. that. Do you really? No, not really. Nah, I didn't think so. I didn't think so. <laughs> uh, you grew it, up- it's so funny that people ask, man, do you remember meeting me like so and so? No, and, and, and I'm like, you know, it's like, oh yeah, I remember that. You know, it's like, as a guy who yeah. gets the same thing, yeah. I, that's why I'm always like, look, I know you don't remember this, <laughs> but just letting you know, we met very, very briefly on, a, awesome, on a flight. Man. But I tell you that because you were super, super nice to me, and especially oh, cool, I had just moved to town, and you know, I was like kind of doing it we had just a really short exchange of yeah, you know, like yeah. yeah dude keep doing your thing and that's always cool when you meet somebody that you like and they like live up to the hype and they're a cool guy and they're a nice guy oh, so nice man Makes you feel uh, good you passed the not a dick test congratulations <laughs> well I'm glad, I'm glad i lived up to that one <laughs> so, so glad i did yeah. that yeah man you grew up in florida you're I did. a florida guy we were just yeah. talking how you went to u of f yep uf yep was your degree in agriculture? Yeah, my degree was in uh, – it, it was actually food and resource economics is what okay. it's called. And it's basically an agriculture business degree. Sure. It really – it kind of specializes in economics and marketing and business. And Yeah. What yeah. was, like, the dream with that? Like, what were you going to do? You know, for me, it, it was one of those things where I always knew I was going to come to Nashville. Like, ever since – you know, people ask me, when did you decide you want to be a country music singer? Yeah. And I'm like, I don't remember a time where, like, I specifically remember. It was just – just like who you are. That's yeah. what I wanted to do since I was a kid. But, uh, you know, my grandparents, my parents always asked me before I did that, just go get an education. Mm-hmm. So to me, going to college, getting an agriculture business degree, growing up on a farm, that just kind of fit. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. What would you do if you're not doing country music right now? It's funny, man. I Probably something in the farming or ranching industry yeah. somewhere. Maybe not directly that, but, uh, you know, I don't know. Or maybe I always thought about, I kind of like law. Interesting. I don't know. I could see like the, yeah. if you had a brother or like a dad, Corbin and Corbin. <laughs> That's a, like Morgan and Morgan. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. No, it's super interesting. I, I'm always curious to like. I'm glad like, I'm not using my degree right now. Yeah, no, I feel that, the I'm same way. Blessed. My parents made me do the same thing. Like, I was like, I think I want to do music. They're like, please finish. Not like we don't believe in you. I get it. But it's just, yeah. it's a part of well, the. Well, it's one of those things where you go down here, you know, Broadway or, or wherever, and you see people that are really talented. So talented. And they don't get a shot. But then sometimes you see people that you think, like, how in the hell did they make <laughs> And they get a shot. Yeah. You know, it's like, I don't know. So, no, 100%. I, it's smart and it's wise. And I I'm, I think we both have great parents that would want us to Yeah, do absolutely. Yeah. And, I, and, and, you know, even though I'm not directly using my degree, I feel like in the business part of it. Correct. There's some of those aspects yep. that it does help you in. You know? Yeah, I have a marketing degree. And, like, although I'm not working for a marketing firm – I'm a business. You, you are a business. Mar- like a business. our name is what we do. Absolutely. So it all translates. It I all so. translates. So when did you move to Nashville? You graduate college. I graduated in 2006 in May, and I was here October 14th, I believe, 2006. Okay. I might be off a few days. but And what was like you're here for the first month? What are you doing in that first month? Because I, I think a lot of people don't know, <laughs> like, 
It's not like you showed up and some guy was like, hey, kid, you got right. Roxy. <laughs> Come well, with me. it's funny because I was coming to Nashville while I was going to school. So okay, I was taking, taking trips. Yeah, I was, I was making some connections. and uh, But I guess my first month, I was probably looking for a job. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, try to pay rent. Right. Try to eat. And how did you go from trying to pay rent to a record deal? Like, what does that kind of process look like as so a it's, newbie? It's funny. Uh, it was really random. So my I have a, a, a cousin, step cousin. And uh, he was a professor at the University of Montana. And I thought he was like a damn history professor or something. I don't know. Yeah. And, uh, but turns out he was uh, started their music program. Oh, really? Their music management program there. The, the my booking agent went through that music management program and who at is he? Montana. Austin Mullins? I don't know, but there's a bunch of those Montana yeah. guys. There's, that a, went, there's a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rob Beckham's an old yeah. manager that went through there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, quite a few of those guys. That's wild. And uh, so he had connections with these guys in town, and and he first heard my stuff. And, uh, you know, Scott, my cousin, he's one of those guys who's like, man, I don't get involved with family and business mm-hmm. and all this stuff. But he's like, I've, I've heard what you've done and and, and uh, demo that I made. He's like, man, I, I really like it. I, you know, would you mind me playing it for some people? And I'm like, well, yeah, of course. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And uh, so he ended up playing it for a guy named James Yelich, booking agent for Monterey Peninsula. Mm. I think he's retired now. And uh, ended up, you know, I moved to Nashville, whatever, and and meetings with all kind of people and stuff while I'm working. And uh, James was like, hey, man, come down here and play for me. And so I came down and played for him and whatever. And then he asked me back a a little while later. I don't know the time frame on Mm. it. But uh, he had a guy named Joe Fisher in there. And I thought it was just another guy I'm playing for. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like another dude. Well, you never know. You don't know. And uh, so I got through playing for him, and Joe left. And I'm like, hey, by the way, what does Joe do? He's like, oh, he's A&R over at Universal. I'm like, <laughs> what does A&R do? He's yeah. like, well, they sign acts. I'm like, oh, shit. I'm glad I didn't know because I'd have been nervous as hell. Right. You know? And uh, so um, Joe had me come over and play for Brian Wright, which was head of A&R. Sure. Universal. And literally, dude – the same day I went and played for him, he's like, hey, man, want a record deal? Sure. Dang, right. and, that's incredible. In fact, I started out with a developmental deal, which you don't really see a lot anymore. Right, and right. That's where you go cut four or six songs. Mm-hmm. You know, they give you a budget to do that. And then if they like it and they feel like it's something, like pick it up they'll almost. pick it up and sign you to a full-blown record deal. Yeah. And while all that was going on, it was funny. I, I got a job here in town. I was working at Ace Hardware. And uh, so I was doing that while, you know, doing that. Yeah. I mean, that's wild to think. Probably within a year or two. It was about a year, year and a half. Yeah, you're going from Ace Hardware to your first song was number one, right? Like to radio? Yeah. To go from Ace Hardware <laughs> to a number one song, that's a fast track. That's but, pretty but it, fun. It's funny because I remember I, even when I had my record, I was still working. Yeah. Like oh, of I, course. I was working. All, you have to pay your bills. Yeah, cool. all the way up to, because all the way up to when I started making my record. At that point, I couldn't you know, work yeah, and yeah. do that. So that's when I, I, I quit my job and did that full time. That's wild. So you're yeah. making your record. How did you know, especially as, as a new guy in town, like, I want to sound like this or like, because I've heard you say a couple times, like one foot in the modern, one foot in the traditional. Yeah. It seems like kind of like your mantra or like part of uh, your North Star, your guiding system when making music. Was that kind of always the case? Did you start out more traditional? Have you had people try to make you go a little poppier? Like, what did that process look like for you? It's funny, man. You know, as a new artist, you, you're not, you're a little bit, uh, what's the word for it? Um, you're a little bit, uh, not naive. Like green. Innocent. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah. You, you don't, there's not a whole lot of agendas. You're just, 
you're just in there. It's like, man, I just want to record songs that I love, mm-hmm. you know. So there's no there's no thoughts of, hey, man, this has got to be another number one, or this has got to sure. be a, this commercial over here. This has got to be this. So mm-hmm. you know, really, the me and my me and my producer Carson at the time, you know, the kind of the angle we took was just, man, let's just cut songs we love. Yeah. And that's what I did, and it, there was no other cooks in the kitchen, so to speak. Sure. So that first record, it was just, man, let's just record songs we love. Yeah. Well, like when you say a song you love, what are some of those like pieces? Like, um, how important is the songwriting process to you? Like, what does a, a great country song entail? Or like, um, when you hear a song, what is the moment where? Because I, I always ask myself the same thing: like, is this good or is this great? Is this you know, something that's going to sit on my phone or is this a cut? You know, there, there's uh-huh. a difference. And where is that line? Is it different every time? Man, uh, you know, as far as songwriting process, I really didn't get into songwriting until I moved to town. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I, I just love I'm singing. the same way. And a lot of people are like that. Like, yeah. you just love music. I just and then love you go, singing country Three music. people get together in a room yeah. and they all bring in ideas. Yeah. It's so different. So it's definitely different. Um, you know, as far as kind of differentiating and just a cut from a hit song, you know, I don't know. I've, I've always just went with my gut. Mm-hmm. And it's it's got to be a song that, because I've I've been pitched songs that have been huge hits that I didn't cut, because I always look at it as something you know I have to be able to relate to a song yeah in, in a oh, way, yeah. um, and, and that's one thing that I go by It's like hey can I relate to it can I see myself mm-hmm. you know maybe not directly but indirectly, um, and really man it's just it, it, I've always been pretty blessed with a good good song sense generally. yeah well I would um, agree you got the jams dude you well got the jams and, and it's just. I don't know. I just use my gut. I think that's a great thing to go off of, though, because there is this part of, like, picking songs that is, even though it could it could be a hit or it's a great song, if the delivery doesn't come with authenticity or, like, you feel it, there's a weird, I don't know how to even pinpoint it. It's like an energy thing. Like, yeah. Well, I've always you said, feel that. you know, that song might be a hit, but it might not be a hit for me. Yeah, that's a great way. Might be way a hit for it. somebody else. That's a great way to put you it. You know, I remember them playing, you know, uh, I Drive Your Truck. For mm-hmm. me. And I just, it was a great song. You know, it was a, it was a song of the year, Lee Bryce. Yeah. And uh, I just, man, I don't have a brother. I couldn't, I couldn't kind of relate to it. You know, I was like, sure. yeah, that's a great song, but I just feel like that's a hit for somebody else. Dang. You yeah. Know? Do you at all, like, think of, oh, man, I should have cut that song? Or do you feel pretty confident in your, like, <sighs> in your gut? Yeah, you can't look back. Yeah. You know? I think I think that's right. I yeah, think you can't look back, man. Yeah, like Just gotta the, move forward. Well, and I what I love about what you do is it is this one foot in the modern, one foot in yeah. the in the traditional. Like as a guy who I feel like you hold it down for the traditional side of country music in a way that's like you you really honor the traditions of kind of where we come from. Like yeah. a lot of your big hit songs, when I think of like uh my high school or my college or whatever, I think of your songs, which I think that's what great country songs yeah, do. Yeah, that, that's what they're supposed to do. Yeah, you should exactly. think they of like, a snippet in time. Exactly. Like, like when you think of that song, man, I think of this. Yes, you know? and that's, that's exactly how I feel. Clockwork, for me, was a fishing song with my buddy John, <laughs> and he was obsessed with that song, so was I, but he was so obsessed with it that I had to ask him to stop playing it because I'm like, dude, stop. <laughs> I like that guy. I love this song, yeah. but you got to stop playing it. It was that good. And that that's what, you know, that song brings me to that time in my life. And that's that's, awesome, that's what man. great country music that, does. That's what me. it's supposed to do. Yeah. That's the purpose. What is like, as a guy who sits in like the um, one foot in uh, both places, like as country music evolves and changes, how do you define country music? Like especially now with yeah. 808s, hip-hop, Somebody like FGL, somebody like Sam Hunt, somebody like Dan and Shay. Then you have guys like Chris Stapleton, guys like Morgan Wallen, yeah. guys like Luke Combs. Man, 
I don't know if you can really define it because, like I said, it's an ever-evolving genre. I would say, you know, country music itself is wider than it's ever been. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But I remember back in the day when Rascal Flats was, you know, they were, people, you know, were bitching about, oh, man, it's so pop and all this stuff. Hey, country, and, yeah. But now when you look back at it compared to what country is now, Correct. it's like, shit, man, that's country. Like, like yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you, you can't sit here and tell me God bless the broken road isn't a country song. I mean, yeah. So yeah. It, it's, it's ever defining. I mean, you can't really, you can't put one definition on it because as soon as you do, it's going to change. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like as an artist, you, the one thing you can do is be true to yourself yeah. and be constant in what you do. And I, I feel like there's more longevity in that instead of, you know, you see some of these artists out there that try to, um, I don't know how you say it, but kind of like a blade of grass. They go with whatever the, right. you know, whatever the style is or whatever mm-hmm. is popular at the time. I feel like, you know, for me, it's not about doing that. It's about being true to yourself and it yeah. flows, you know, sometimes you're here, sometimes you're there, sometimes you're right of it, left of it. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I think to me, just being constant and feeding your fans yeah. and doing and being yourself and what your fans love about you and doing that. I think that's for me, that's the key to it. Yeah. You know, well, and I think you do a great job of that. Like the authenticity really shines through. Yeah. And I feel like that always, I think it's always about feeding your fan base. And, yeah. And what did your fan base buy into? Mm. You know, a little more country in that. Roll with it. Yeah. Uh, all over the road. You know, that's what they bought into. Yeah. And I feel like it's, it's super important for me to feed those fans because those yeah. fans will always be with you. Yeah. You know? And they've, they've given you everything that you have. And so Absolutely. in a way, the the tough part is how do you do that and then also keep up with the times and not you know be the guy who um, was left behind but I feel like you do such a great job with that is record to record it's like I, I it's think, you but it's evolved yeah I think there's which a way is to really do that, hard man. to do I'll give you a lot of credit for that well I, I think it's you know it's you just got to find a way to do that yeah. and reinvent it every time you know and 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 use those things like the 808s and things like that yeah and you know use those things to your advantage yeah and and you know it's just yeah you no, that's, that's super interesting. You do country music. Um, what is like your Spotify or your iTunes or your Amazon like playlist look like? Are you a guy that like listens to music working out? Are you like a into car guy? I don't listen to a ton of music. I don't. I, yeah. I, I, I never. And I, I just I don't listen to a bunch of playlists. When I'm working out, I don't like music. When I'm working out, interesting. It distracts me. Interesting. You know what I mean? I mean, it's fine with music over, sure. you know, but in You're my You're never going to pop in some of your No, no. And if I'm doing cardio, usually I'm watching something on Netflix or something. Really? Like that. But, you know, once in a while I'll listen to some music, but usually it'll be a throwback, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, and when I'm in my vehicle, I usually have on, yeah, I don't. You're like a podcast, audiobook guy, any of that? Man, I'll flip through stations on satellite radio or something, yeah. you know, just yeah. kind of here and there. Not not anything particular. Yeah. No, that's yeah. interesting. I, I, uh, I always have to ask. What's interesting to me is you've actually had this like super um, interesting splash in the EDM world, which I like. <laughs> I saw this um, remix of "Are You With Me." Yeah. I was actually in Italy, and I was like in a little coffee shop, yeah. and that song came on. I was like, "Oh, that sounds like pretty Eastern random, Corbin." Man. Pretty random. How like did that EDM happen? EDM and Easton Corbin, that, that, that doesn't even go well, in the same Well, you got the, that I'm even a little more country room. than that guy. I know. To that's, EDM yeah, smash. That's not even supposed to be in the same room, right? <laughs> but I'm so glad it is. How did it happen? You know, I have no clue, honestly. Because really? I'm sitting in my house one one night, and my steel, steel guitar player calls me. He's like, hey, man, I just heard Are You With Me on the EDM station. I'm like, what? 
And it's like 10 o'clock. I'm like, dude, are you drunk or are you high <laughs> or both? <laughs> right. He's like, no, I promise. So sure enough, I went and Googled it, whatever. And uh, this guy, this DJ, uh, Lost Frequencies, had taken a sample of it and turned it into this EDM thing. And it was actually really cool. You know? Yeah, it, Very it's cool. awesome, man. Yeah. That's wild. I was I was so curious, like what the story was there, because I'm yeah, like, how did this happen? It was totally random. Because the original is such a, it's a country song. I mean, through Absolutely. and through. And you heard it, it's all sped up. It's got this little drop, like mm-hmm. a four on the floor, and it, it's great. Did y'all just do another one too? We did. Yeah, uh, it's called One More Night, and, and and he reached out to the writers, "Are You With Me?" And he's like, "Hey man, I would love to do something in that vein." Yeah. But uh, he's like, "But I only do it if Easton sings it." I'm like, oh, that's dope. "Okay, that's cool. Let's do <laughs> say it." Say less. Say less. Yeah. I got this. And. Uh, I don't know. It, it's it's cool because it, it kind of uh, exposes who you are and your music to another whole genre or a whole another audience oh, that yeah. would normally would never even think about listening to your stuff. Yeah, you know? especially country music as yeah. it grows and expands like EDM remixes or um, especially being a country, you know, more yeah. traditional country artist, you know, an EDM fan's going to be like, hey, what, what is that? You know, most of the time, but they're going to find those songs and be like, Yo, this guy can sing, and I yeah. songwriting's well, good. That's one of the things that you know I found was like a lot of people were like, "Oh my god, I had no idea this was a whole song." Yeah. So they went, you know, and looked up and found my the version original. of it. Yeah, yeah. it's and, a great song. Uh, they liked it. You know, it was yeah. really cool. No, that's that's really really cool. I, I like I had that song on my uh, Spotify, and I was listening to it on the way here. I was like, it's crazy that you have obviously you're I actually super hear it in the gym. So I heard it the other night in the gym, and I'm Dude, like, I'm sure. That's me. <laughs> oh shit, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's awesome. Um, as as a guy who like you probably moved here, social media pretty much doesn't exist or like MySpace. Man, slash, it was MySpace. I remember yeah. having my music on MySpace, and then did you put your own music on MySpace? I did, yeah. yeah. And then it was you know Facebook. I remember in college it was Facebook on campus. Yeah, and uh, I didn't live on campus, so uh, a lot of the kids that lived on campus had Facebook because it was kind of just a college by college thing. Right. But then MySpace was the big platform, <laughs> and then it went from MySpace to Facebook. And, you know, and so on, as you know. Right. Well, it's, it's super interesting because, obviously, you moved here. It probably plays a small, if nothing, role. Today, with something like TikTok or yeah. um, those kind of platforms, like, does that play a role in your career? Does, is that something that you game plan when you release music? Yeah. You know, I haven't really gravitated a whole lot to the TikTok thing. I'm, I've got an account, mm-hmm. but I don't really – I'm not really active on it that much. Um I mean, I do use social media for that stuff, like mm-hmm. Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. But, you know, I don't naturally gravitate towards some of that. I just, yeah. you know, there's some people that love that stuff. Sure. And for me, it's like, I'd rather be outside doing something. Well, you know? And it comes <laughs> back to the authenticity it thing, is, which man. is like, it's going to feel, uh, you know, forced if it's forced. Yeah. So do what you do. And I think, you know, obviously you have a great team and you're not hurting. So yeah, <laughs> everything's rolling I'm fine, but it's, blessed. I'm always curious to ask because it's like, um, it's playing such an interesting role in music today. Like it I is. find a lot of the music I listen to, I'm like, this is a random TikTok song and I'm yeah. listening to it. So I had to ask, um, uh, now I'm going to ask you, there's five people. Okay. You're just going to say like a couple things. First things that come to mind, a couple that you've toured with and then some, some other people I've thrown in, uh, Brad Paisley, Brad Paisley. That was one of my first tours. I did, uh, when the first tour, he called me up and asked me if I want to be on the tour, and mm-hmm. I did the water stage because it was uh, an H2O tour. Oh, right. Yeah, and that yeah. was the theme of his tour, and they had a water stage out in the parking lot, and I think it was me, Josh Thompson, and Steel Magnolia. 
nice. uh, played that stage, and it would be, you know, 3 o'clock in the afternoon it would start. Yeah. Um, he's so, playing, like, arenas or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It, it would be the amphitheaters. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember that well, man, and playing that parking lot. Man, it'd be so damn hot. Like, because it's, like, <laughs> you know, right in the middle of the day, yeah. 3.30, but it was a really cool experience. And, and it's so funny when you look back on that stuff and – and it just makes you feel that much more blessed and fortunate to be here yeah. because you think of the guys that you've came up with playing like the Josh Thompsons, which he's a great writer and a great singer. Yeah. Um, and the Steel Magnolia, just like their artist career is not right. You know, they don't have an artist career anymore. That that and, must feel really cool because you have lasted now for whatever that is a decade. Well, it's in crazy. A really strong presence in a genre that yeah. is hard to stay relevant. It is, and uh, you know it's funny, and I think about back on it you know when i first got signed Mm -hmm. you know i had these other acts that were signed along with me that they're not here today you know Mm -hmm. so it just makes you feel that much more blessed and fortunate and lucky to be especially for those people who you're talking about your fans and the people that you feed absolutely but that you got to take some credit because that means you're feeding them well well you're adding enough value that they continue to come back well and that's the thing i noticed at a lot of shows you know at the end of the day some of my audience or some of my fans favorite songs were never singles yeah they're some of the albums and that's how you know you have real fans yeah is it's one thing, you know, big old hit radio song. Absolutely. Makes a lot of sense. But you have somebody come up and be like, yo, I love Yeah, whatever. I want to hear Tulsa, Texas. I want to hear Let Alone You, Dance yeah. Real Slow. And that's the you song know? that brought them to the show. Exactly. That's how you know you fed your people. And, and that's the thing. When you're making a record, I always feel like, you know, hey, yeah, we got to cut some stuff. It's going to be radio singles. But mm-hmm. then you also cut stuff that will feed those fans. Yeah, your Th- Those, you know, deep-rooted fans. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's number one. Carrie Underwood. Uh, she's awesome, man. I mean, that was one of the biggest tours, I think, of that year. It was mm-hmm. huge, man. The stage, I think it would take them two days to set that stage up. It was so big. Dude, massive. her, I, I've seen her before at like the Pepsi yeah. Center, which is our like arena in Colorado. Mm-hmm. It is a production. Oh, it was Girls huge. doing nine outfit changes and the freaking lights. There's yep. like confetti. It was crazy. I remember uh, it was me and the Swan Brothers out there. Nice. And we would go out and uh, during the middle of her show and we would come up on the, the elevator, you mm-hmm. know, and Lift. our toaster. Yeah. And uh, I think we sang one part of the tour. It was like mountain music, Alabama song. And then sure. I can't think of the other song that we sang. Was it Fishing in the Dark? I don't think so, but that's a good guess. It it, it was some. It might have been that. I don't know. Something like that. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Okay. Something everybody could say. Yeah, yeah. Well, number three. What a segue. Swan Brothers. What Swan do you got? Brothers, man. Great guys. Yeah. Talented guys. I mean, seriously talented guys. Yeah. Talk about singing. And, uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're great. Yeah. And uh, funny as all get out, man. They're they're a good hang. Trust yeah. me. Here's the perfect time. We're gonna rock into my favorite part of the interview. The questions. All right. The, uh, the I'm craziest. getting nervous. I mean, hey, here's the deal. Uh, these are the weirder, crazier. You know, questions I could come up with. There's no wrong answers. Well, I am from Florida, and a lot of times we represent on the weird, crazy stuff. You know, <laughs> the the like, Florida man headlines kill yeah. me. Have you seen those? <laughs> All right, first question. Here we go. If God could answer one question for you, what would it be? I don't know if this is good or not, but I would like to know how long am I going to live? Maybe. Interesting. See, I would want to know. Yeah, because and then, that's where I'm, I'm with you yeah. a little bit. I'm like, maybe I wouldn't want to know. But one part of me says, yes, I do want to know. But the yeah. other part of me is like, I don't know. Like, yeah, yeah. Or maybe just keep it simple. What are the winning lottery numbers for the mega? Yeah, that's whatever. a good one. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah. I, I always, I'm curious how I'm going to die, but I don't know if I want to know when I'm going to die. It, it, it's one of those things. It's like, yeah, you don't like, you want to know, but you don't want to know. Right. It's kind of scary. I agree. I agree. Yeah. That's, that's a good one. I, I, I like that one. Okay, here's one. What is a daily habit that you're proud of? And what's a daily habit you wish you could change? 
daily habit I'm proud of is I generally go to the gym every day. You know, I, I kind of keep up with that. What's it's like, fine. give me like an average day in the gym. Are you like a cardio guy? Are you a weights guy? Are you a combo guy? Man, I, I kind of do some of it both. Um, sometimes I go to my trainer and, and, and do that, and then sometimes I do it on my own. Um, but I generally usually end – I lift a lot of weights, and then usually I end – with uh, you know, some cardio, stuff like that. Nice, nice. You look great. Well, so there thanks, you go. Bud. There Appreciate you go. <laughs> what is I'm trying. <laughs> what is something that has dramatically changed your life in the last three months? Dramatically changed my life in the last mm-hmm. three months. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I guess COVID? Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. as far as touring and how we tour. and As a touring guy, like what was that feeling getting that phone call like, yo, you're off the road, like – Man, I, I tell you, it, it was kind of gradual because we were fortunate. We were playing shows up to, I mean, the bitter end where we couldn't. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of like, man, it, it was tough. Because mm-hmm. I'm a guy, I love the road. I love being out there with my fans. I love interacting. Uh, and being home that that long, no. Yeah, I'm no, such a no social bueno, guy. Man. Like, it killed well, me, dude. And, and and I can be both, you know. I don't mind sitting at the house mm-hmm. on the weekend and not doing anything, watch TV, just hanging right. out. But – Generally on the weekend, I hate being in town on the weekend because yeah. I'm so used to being out on the road. That's and your life. I, and I, well, I get in my routine. Yeah. You know, I, I have a routine out on the road, and it's like that almost every day. Yep. And to not be in that routine, man, it drives me crazy. Yeah, there's like routine in the chaos. Like obviously, yes. show days are so crazy, but yeah. you have your thing. You got your breakfast, your workout. Thing, here. Yeah, it's interesting. What are the most? Uh, sorry, what are you the most qualified to give advice about? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. I don't, I'm not an expert on anything. I, uh, I don't know. Most qualified, I guess. I mean, maybe being out on the road. I don't know. I think that's a great answer. I don't know. I've been doing I think it for there's a, while. a lot of. I think you'd be shocked at how many like young artists would kill to grab a coffee with you and just pick your brain yeah. because you've been doing it for a decade or whatever to be like, "Yo, it's my first tour." How do I find my routine? How do I pick songs? Like, I think um, you're definitely qualified. You know, it sounds cheesy, but like you you can give the best advice on how to, re, you know, kind of find the same path that you've done. Yeah. It, well, it's kind of funny, you know, being an artist. My, my old producer, Carson Chamberlain, great guy, talented guy. Um, he's when I had all my, my first hits on. Mm-hmm. And uh, he always told me before this thing took off, he said, man, he said, I can't tell you what it's like to be an artist. Because I'm not an artist. Mm-hmm. He said, you know, you have to talk to another artist. But but really the only way you find that out is learning it or living it and learning it. Mm-hmm. That if somebody's not an artist and haven't and hasn't lived that, you know, every day, they can't tell you what it's like. No. You have to live it. It's trial by fire. It really like, is. There's so many, and I'm sure you get some of the same DMs. It's like, hey, man, would love to pick your brain about this or that. Well, it's just there, there's nothing quite like it. Yeah, you, you just kind of have to and, be like jump, jump in the pool yeah, and start learning how to swim. And, and and I and I get it now, you know what he was talking about. It's like, yeah. man, because a lot of people, their idea of my job and what I do, is so different than what it really is. So different, you know? so um, different. Especially even when you're talking about touring. Like, yeah. I think a lot of people think it's just so, especially at the beginning, so glamorous. People are like, yo, oh, yeah, man, the bus life, you're partying like, all the time. You're, I'm sleeping in yeah. a coffin. Yeah. I'm saying. For an hour and a half, three nights in a row, I can't talk. I'm so exhausted. I'm hungover. Like it's, yeah, it's definitely mean, different than it, what it's, people it's, think. You, you gotta find, you gotta find your way to fit in that yeah, equation. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. What is the most important piece of advice you'd give to someone starting out in your line of work? Oh, what a great transition. You know, I think finding people that 
you can trust mm. and, you know, finding people that are not just yes guys. Yeah. The you know people I mean? on your team, I call it like my wise counsel. Who yeah. are the people who actually give a shit about me it's, and what I'm doing? It's easy to find people when you're popular mm-hmm. and you're on top. Yeah. It's easy. I mean, you're going to have all these people, you know, that's kind of life though, I guess. In general. But when you're on top and everything's going great, man, you, you're going to have all these friends. Mm-hmm. But then sometimes you got to, you got to find the ones that are your real friends and not just acquaintances. Yeah. And that truly care about your well being. Yeah. That's a great you know? answer. I, I, it's not just an artist, but as a person, as, as a, a human. human. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like, I always heard my parents talking about, like, you are the five people you hang out with. Yeah. I was like, ah, I get it, I get it, I get it. And especially as I get older, I'm like, oh, shit. Really your, is, your inner circle, the habits that everyone has, the work ethic, like, it translates. It does. It's you you got to be careful who you surround yourself with. Yeah. That's a know? great piece of advice. If you could share a meal with any three people, dead or alive, who would they be and why? Share a meal with dead or alive. Uh... Two of those people would be my grandparents, mm. just because you know they they were like Absolutely. they were like my parents. Yeah, I mean I, I was that close, and and really, you know, they inspired me a lot in my love for country music because you know they were obviously older. Right. You know, my grandpa passed away; he was ninety two, and my grandma eighty nine, and I spent so much time with them that you know their influences and their love of country music and what they love that really rubbed off on me. Mm-hmm. That had a big influence on me, and uh, so I'd probably have to say them. It's a great answer, and. Uh, Man, I don't know. Shoot. Uh, okay, how about this? Because I've heard you say Merle Haggard, Keith Whitley, George Jones. Those are kind of like your three. Those are like my big three. Now you got to pick one to go to yeah. dinner with. Doesn't mean like they're the best, but just to, to sit down with and shoot the I'd shit I'd say with. Merle. Yeah, that's yeah. a good answer. You know? Such a wild character. Oh, and yeah. what a crazy life. Yeah, I actually got to meet him once. Did you really? I did. Oh, yeah, it was pretty cool. That one. That's really cool. That's, that's a really good answer. Uh have you ever had an experience that you cannot explain? If so, what was it? An experience I can explain? I don't know. Help me out. Like uh, UFO, alien, it's hard car not to crash. Relate everything that, to you know, it's hard not to relate it to, to something on stage or something like that. You know, I, I don't and, know. Um, man, that's a tough question. I, I don't. You, you think on that one? Let we'll me think on that. One. Yeah. Okay. This one's interesting. What do you think your superpower is? The thing that you do better than anyone or the thing that like got you to where you are your superpower man i think i'm a pretty personable person Mm -hmm. and i can about get along with anybody that's a good superpower if if i can't get along with you there's an issue like like because i generally can get along with about anybody yeah you know that's good i don't know and i'm sure in your line of work to be able to relate to human beings and to have that authenticity. Yeah, man, you, you got to learn to adapt a little bit, you yeah. know, especially in, in our environment, you know, mm-hmm. when you're around so many people and you come across so many situations, you learn to kind of adapt on your own, on the fly a little bit. Yeah. That's a great superpower. Yeah. That's underrated. That's a really good one. If you get a, if you could add anything into your life right now, what would it be and why? Add anything into my life. It could be like, hmm. uh, Meal prepping, it could be working out, it could, well, you already work out every day, yeah. you know this. Um, could be some more music, could be some more travel, could be some more. You know, I would say probably I, if I could add anything to my life, I don't know if this counts, but just getting back to the consistency of where we were before COVID. Yeah. You know, it's crazy because I was thinking about it today, and I've thought about it before, you know, I, I've never taken for granted what I do. Mm-hmm. I've always been really thankful for what I do. It's like, you know, nothing wrong with an eight to five, 
but I'm so glad I'm, you know, like Ace yeah, Hardware. And you, and you love it's what like, you do, yeah. So, you know, Ace Hardware was a great job to hold me over, and nothing wrong with that. But thank God I'm not doing that today. And mm-hmm. again, there's nothing wrong with that job. It's yep. awesome. And it paid the bills, and it, you know, it helped me. But, but it's like I'm always so thankful to be doing what I'm doing, have this opportunity. But then yeah. within that, you never thought something like a total halt of touring would happen. Yeah, yeah. And then it happens, and you're like, holy shit, like – this could all go away. Yeah. You know? And it did. And it did. It did. You know? Yeah. So it's just... If you could uh, add anything back, it would just be the normalcy. The normalcy, just getting routine, back to, like, yeah. no-brainer, yeah, we're leaving Thursday night. Yeah. And, you know, what precautions? Like, there's no precautions. Like, <laughs> yeah. go have fun, you know? I cannot wait for the day where we're all just like, oh, yeah, remember the thing, COVID? And yeah, it's and, just... and it's crazy because, I mean, you know, a lot of people are, are still pretty scared, which, you know, it's a scary thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but... You know, I like getting out there and I like hugging and handshaking. I know. And being with the fans, man. Well, to meet these people who have given you your dream job. That's, that's why I'm here talking to you today. Yeah, straight up, man. Like, to, to have that experience, to me, it's it's the end of the full circle. You write a song, you demo the song, you listen to it in your truck, you're like, okay, what's it yeah. going to be? Then you well, produce the ulti- it. You the ultimate it, end it. result is to meet that You people, people love it. Yeah, and, and it's a part of their life. Like, the fact yeah. that I would go fishing to clockwork, That's that right, is the man. full circle. Is you know, it's a part of someone's life. Like when I went through a breakup, I thought of that song. You have a certain song. That's yeah. crazy. You know, it's so funny. And, I, and also, I've heard people. It's kind of pet peeve of mine a little bit. I've heard people be like, "Man, thank God now, now we don't have to do all these annoying meet and greets and all this stuff." And I'm like, uh, "What are you talking about? Annoying meet and greets? Yeah, these people are the reason." That you're you're here, hundred percent. You know they're the ones that give you this livelihood. It's like there's nothing annoying about that. It's like I want to meet these people. It's like yeah. you know, it's like these people are paying to come and shake your hand and tell you how much they love you. Yeah, well, it's and like, I always think of this guy up here. Oh, uh, so, if you're listening, I'm pointing to Garth Brooks. Uh, he's the king. I mean, dude would stand man. around for two or three hours, and it, I think that's what keeps you in the game. Is a real. I think anybody can come in and out, but to stay, especially as long as you have, is to enjoy the meet and greet, is to enjoy Absolutely, the routine man. on the road. I mean, who doesn't want people coming and saying, man, I love you. I love your music. It's like, that's great. That's amazing. It's like, I will never complain about that. Yeah. Well, that's a great attitude. I might be tired sometimes. Yeah, I might course. be whatever, but I don't have I a voice. Ne- I'm hungover. But, but I will <laughs> never complain about yeah. that. Yeah. No, I, I love that, man. What is the emotion or feeling that you deal with the worst? Emotion or feeling that I deal with the mm-hmm. worst? As in, what do you mean? Like, for me, I don't like um, the. I don't like to be wrong, especially nah. like um, in a in a setting where I could be like embarrassed. So, like, say we're all talking about something, and somebody's like, "Oh no, that was last year." And I'm like, "No, it's two years ago." And I get really like, "Trust me." And they Google <laughs> it, and I'm wrong. I'm like, "Oh, like that shame or like embarrassment." I hate. Some people hate feeling angry because they hate the way that like, or they they don't deal with it well, so they like would drink or they'll you know, yeah. do something weird like um i guess sometimes deal with the emotion anxiety sometimes you know yeah, especially being answer. on stage sometimes or or if you're traveling i mean and lately here i was like you know being on planes sometimes just i generally don't get anxious but mm-hmm. just like being in that tight space you That's know kind of makes you a little anxious yeah. so and i hate feeling like how that. do you deal with anxiety like anxiety arises is that something that just like you have a plan for that or is it kind of like get through it when it when it happens uh, take a drink maybe no <laughs> no that ain't uh, but i nah, man just breathe and like relax and and, yeah. and to me it's like you know 
if I'm on stage, it's like, man, these people are here because they love me. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. here because they love the music, you know. Yep. God's given me this talent. So just use it, man. Yeah, somebody you know? told me once, they're like, anxiety is your natural way, of, like your body's way of saying that you're excited and that you want it. And I, I think that's true. It's like if you weren't anxious and you're like, I'm just going to crush this, that's probably not good either. Yeah. There has to be enough of the like, uh, I'm kind of scared because you want it to go so well. well. You, could, you want you want the passion of the first time feel yeah. of like you know that first time feeling is like man I want to crush this thing I want to you know I want to yeah. do great it's like you know I think you should always have that you know yeah when you lose Absolutely. that sometimes you might lose the drive a little bit it's true know? it's funny man my steel player always said that he's like man when I get anxious or I'm afraid I'm gonna you know uh, screw up a part or something I just kind of say a little prayer to God and be like you know hey you know you gave me this talent just let me use it you know yeah that's beautiful you i know? agree with that that's awesome if you could choose to do anything for a day what would it be give me the easton corbin like top to bottom you got a day off it's paradise hmm. where are you who are you with what are you doing i'm probably with my buddies riding dirt bikes somewhere that's a good answer yeah that's i, I love it dude that's so much fun yeah. or or hunting somewhere but i yeah. would say probably dirt bikes because it's so like physical and active oh. and it's just so much fun especially on a fall day yeah, it's nice and cool out there. Oh yeah, yeah, dude, it's awesome. There's something about like motorized vehicles where you're like, I could die right now, so I can't think of anything else. Like, <laughs> I have to think of this path or this oh, yeah. rock or whatever. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's it's like awesome. I'm going down this hill at 40 miles an hour. It's like, <laughs> yeah. do not hit this rock. Then it's like it puts you in the zone. Yeah, or you're gonna you go have to be <laughs> tumbling over. True. Yeah, it sounds fun, man. Okay, this is a good one to end on. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, man, I love thank this you, man. I appreciate you. I enjoyed the heck out of it. When I think of like. Uh, just awesome people in the industry and people who like have done it the right way. I definitely think of you. And oh, so just thanks, know that man. like you're a great roadmap for up and coming artists and oh, thanks. new artists. It's, Appreciate it's awesome. It. Okay. Last question here. What is your biggest goal in the next six months, year and five years? You know, my biggest goal right now is uh, I'm making a new record. That's very exciting. You know, I'm making a new record and, you know, I hope people receive this new record as, as well as they've received my others. You know, mm -hmm. I think long term, it's, you know, I want to be selling out arenas. Yeah. You know, cheaper the stars, man. That's amazing. You know? And uh, just keep feeding those fans and keep making more fans. Yeah. But but never forget the fans you already have. You know what I mean? you yeah. got to keep feeding those guys, too. But I, I think, you know, you just got to be authentic to yourself. And if you're authentic to yourself, I think those fans, they get it. Yeah. You know, especially your true fans. That's amazing. I love you know? that, man. That's you find what works for you and, and, and what, you know, that connection that that audience member has with you and, and what, what caused them to buy into who you are and man, yeah. keep feeding that. You well, know? that's freaking inspiring. And, and I, I think the thing is you got to figure that out. Yeah. I think you know? what me and my manager are always talking about is there's a difference of like putting something out and, and feeding like entertaining versus feeding. Yeah. And really when somebody digests something that, that they feel like they have sustenance and that they feel like well something that moves a needle yeah and you it's know, added value in because there's life. certain songs out there they're hits mm -hmm. but do they move the needle right not really and then there's songs that you know I, clockwork mm -hmm. you know that that's a song it, I think it got to 32 maybe but that's some people's favorite song yeah you know it moved the needle and it wasn't a number it one it wasn't necessarily number one yeah you know but it did move the needle because that's some people's favorite song yeah well, I'm yeah. so excited to hear the record, and yeah, I just wanted you, to say again, thank you. thank you so much for being out here. It's been a pleasure. Hey, thank Guys, you. thank you so much for watching. That's been another Why Are We Here. Make sure to subscribe, like, tell your friends, tell your enemies, and we'll see you next week. Why are we here?